Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. Here on Stolen Lives, we discuss brutal and heartbreaking cases against children. Themes may include child murder, torture and sexual, domestic and child abuse. I do try my best to remain respectful for the babies in these stories and leave out unnecessary details that honestly none of us need to know to understand the frustration of why and how this ever happened. However, if you find any of these themes triggering, this podcast may not be for you. Listener discretion is advised. At wit's end, this saying is defined by the Cambridge English Dictionary as, quote, to be so worried, confused or annoyed you don't know what to do next, unquote. I know I've used this saying when I'm frustrated, when a simple task isn't going the way I want it to. Like putting a flat pack together. I think we've all been there. But this throwaway line was used by a mother to explain why she picked up her 13-month-old foster baby and shook him until his brain could no longer cope. We have all heard of shaken baby syndrome and the devastating effects this has on babies and it is tragic. A baby's brain is smaller than its skull to allow growth and their neck and spine bones are extremely fragile. Deliberate forced shaking can cause severe brain damage, blindness and death and it can happen to a sleep-deprived and mentally drained new parent before they even realise what they have done. But this is a case of sustained abuse Messages between the foster mother and father documenting their hatred for this sweet little boy, a baby that could have been saved. If only the agencies bothered to communicate their concerns to each other. Another case of an innocent child failed by those who should have protected them. This is Leland James's story. That's right, yeah. Leyland James Corkill was just 13 months old uh, when he died. He'd been placed in the care of uh, Laura and Scott Castle in, uh, in Barrow in Cumbria. Uh, they were hoping that at some stage they may eventually be able to adopt him. They were looking after him effectively as, as foster parents, but began to uh, struggle increasingly with coping uh, with, with their young charge. Uh, the, uh, the court heard uh, text messages that had been written between the two explaining some of the incidents that had happened. In one of them, uh, Laura, Laura Castle said that she had absolutely leathered him. In another, she said that uh, she wanted to smack him, but she was worried that if she started smacking him, she might not be able to stop. Uh, when he was first injured, uh, the, uh, the emergency services came to the house. He was taken away with severe injuries, severe head injuries, which uh, Laura Castle had said were caused when she'd stood up too suddenly uh, and Leyland James had fallen from her lap and, and onto the floor, hitting his head on the sofa as he fell, but uh, medical officers, uh, medical staff uh, at Alder Hay Hospital in Liverpool thought that the injuries were certainly not consistent with just a single fall. Uh, they found that there was severe trauma to, uh, to the blood vessels in the eyes and, and in the brain as well, suggesting that, that this young toddler, 13 months old, had been shaken very violently. And it was only whilst giving evidence that the truth came out.
Leland James Corkill was born December 21, 2019, to Mother Laura Corkill by emergency cesarean section at West Cumberland Hospital, United Kingdom. The name and identity of Leland James's father has never been released publicly, and there is good reason for this. You see, there have been a lot of allegations against this man by Laura Corkill. Leland James's father was physically and sexually abusive to Laura. And despite asking for help to get out of this situation, Laura's two children would be removed from her and placed into foster care. Before falling pregnant with Leland James, Laura would suffer from several miscarriages because of this severe abuse. And it was while she was in hospital recovering from one of these miscarriages, this would be when her children would be removed. But when she found out she was pregnant with Leland James, Laura was determined that history would not repeat itself. She was finally able to leave her abusive partner and secured government housing, preparing a nursery for her new baby boy. Laura would later claim she was told that Leland James would remain with her. However, Cumbria County Council Social Services would tell a different story. They claim they told Laura three times in the last month of her pregnancy that the baby would also be placed into foster care. Regardless, Leland James was born a healthy and happy bouncing baby boy, and Laura fell immediately in love with her new son. Quote, I remember his big bright eyes. I was happy, full of joy. I was looking forward to bringing him home. Unquote. However, this joy would only last 48 hours before a social worker informed Laura they would be now taking Leland James and placing him in the home of his new foster carers. At only two days old, Leland James would go to live with the Days, and this would be where he would remain for the majority of his short life. His foster mother, Charlotte Day, would describe an infant Leland James as, quote, a really happy, content baby boy, a beautiful boy with a most contagious laugh, unquote. Leland James loved playing with toys and being read to, as well as being cuddled and carried around. He loved routine and would grumble if his mealtime was late. Charlotte would later state Leland James only really cried when he was in his car seat because he didn't like the restraints. Laura Corkill and her parents did get to see Leland James for a time. With supervised visits at a local community centre, four times a week for an hour and a half each time. Unfortunately, what happened not long after Leland James's birth, covid so come March, April 2020, Laura and her parents could no longer see the baby in person, and months would go by without any contact with him. Eventually, they were allowed video calls, but as any parent will tell you, it's not the same. It's not the same as being able to physically hold and kiss and cuddle your baby, and that smell, that newborn smell, nothing beats it. Now, by the time Leland James was to be adopted, he was a bit behind in his milestones. At seven months old, he wasn't crawling yet, and the main reason behind this was because the days did carry Leland James everywhere. As Charlotte stated, Leland James loved the closeness and being carried. However, it doesn't seem he had any time or limited time sitting on his own and exploring his environment. August 2020. Seven-month-old Leland James would be placed in the care of 35-year-old Scott Castle and his wife, 38-year-old Laura Castle. 
Initially, it was a foster placement, but there were plans in place for the castles to formally adopt Leland James as their own. The castles already had a daughter conceived by IVF, but they had been unsuccessful in conceiving a second child naturally, and they didn't want to go through the emotional, physical and financial commitment of doing IVF again. To be eligible to foster or adopt a child is not a quick and easy process, which anyone who has been through that situation will tell you, and the castles were no exception. Scott and Laura went through a full eight-month assessment and approval process, involving criminal record checks, multiple references and extensive training. No concerns were raised by anyone in any agency about their suitability. They passed every hurdle with ease and were matched as a great permanent home for Leland James. But what would later come to light in the review into Leland James's death was things went as perfect as Cumbria County Council were led to believe. One of the processes that needed to be checked off was a psychological assessment. Laura Castle attended the First Step program, whose assessment showed she had issues with, quote, low mood, anxiety and anger management, unquote. This included her self-report that she was often irritable and short-tempered, including shouting too much at her young child. She spoke about feeling judged by other parents and that avoided company. She also reported drinking six bottles of wine a week, which in turn impacted her motivation and mood. Laura would see a gastroenterologist. She told them she was drinking 27 units of alcohol per week and thought it could be affecting her health although Laura did deny it had an impact on her parenting. Despite all of this, First Step concluded in their assessment there were no safeguarding concerns. Leland James would go live with the castles in August of 2020, and according to Scott and Laura, he struggled to settle into their household, that it, quote, felt like we weren't bonding with him, unquote. Leland James was teething, and that caused him to be sooky and an unsettled sleeper. He would wake every few hours during the night. He had been diagnosed as lactose intolerant, and the doctors were still working this out. So Leland James had issues with his food. However, Laura and Scott took this personally. Quote, I know it sounds silly, but I don't think he likes us or me. Unquote. What would have affected Leland James's bonding with his new parents would have been the significant time he spent, including overnights, in the homes of extended family members, or while the castles dealt with the medical needs of their older child. And this is something that definitely would have affected Leland James's attachment to his new parents. Interestingly, both Laura and Scott's parents would later report they didn't experience this with Leland James, and they immediately fell in love with a chubby-cheeked, smiley toddler. I mean, one look at any photo of Leland James and it's clear why they would. He is so freaking adorable. I could kiss those rosy cheeks all day. But the grandparents' bond with Leland James was so strong that Laura and Scott would later state they felt more like they were babysitting the baby when he was in their care. The castles also referred to Leland James as James and were in the process of legally changing his name. Their reasoning for this was so that Leland James's birth mother could not find him due to his unusual name. The social workers requested numerous times for them not to call him James, and if that was their concern, they could just change the spelling instead. This was because Leland James had already been through so much in his short life, 
and it was good practice for a child to retain their birth name to assist them in the transition, as it was the only stability in their life up to this point. Laura would also admit to using physical discipline, such as smacking Leland James on the hand or bottom. Scott would also admit slapping him as well to stop him touching something he shouldn't or from putting things in his mouth. That Leland James never cried but clearly didn't like being struck as he pouted when it happened. November 4th, 2020. The castle's newly appointed social worker visited the family. Laura told the social worker she was struggling and was worried she did not love Leland James. Her mood was described as flat, but the social worker had no concerns for Leland James's care that day, but recognised ongoing support was needed. That Laura came across as open, honest and straightforward. That Leland James showed good attachment and was snuggling into Laura during the meeting. This poor child, he just wanted love and attention. This breaks my heart. I'm not going to be a proponent for Laura Castle right now because what will come out is bloody soul-breaking, but it does seem like she did tell people she wasn't coping with a new child in the family. And I'm not making excuses for her here, but possibly she was suffering from post-adoption depression, a mental illness recognised in 1995, and describes the stress, anxiety, depression inherent in parenting. It affects forming attachment and bonding when the needs of the child are bigger than expected. And it also may be due to the unresolved grief and loss due to infertility issues, which Laura Castle definitely experienced prior to Leland James coming into their care. Add on to that, Laura was diagnosed with arthritis not long before Leland James came into their care, and as such, she struggled with some basic tasks, like opening jars due to the pain in her hands and feet. Leland James was also a larger toddler, and we know he loved being carried and held. This may have affected or been painful for Laura to lift him. And Scott wouldn't have been present because he worked night shift, and they had another young child who had an undisclosed condition that required surgery. Add on to that COVID restrictions, limiting opportunities to leave the house and have a positive social life. Again, I am in no way making excuses here for what is to come. Laura Castle is still culpable and, in my opinion, a horrible parent and human being. However, these factors do need to be considered in this story and its devastating outcome. December 16, 2020. Six weeks later. The follow-up interview report had Laura upbeat and excited for Christmas and Leland James's first birthday. It was noted, though, that Leland James had been crying a lot and had a particularly high-pitched scream, especially when his routine deviated from normal or he was left behind. But everything seemed to have settled since the previous meeting in November. Leland James was happy and well cared for. He was engaging in a peekaboo game with the older child during the interview, and he was now on track with his milestones. But then, only a few days later, Laura contacted Cumbria County Council Social Services that she needed a break and required a respite from Leland James. They told her they would set a care plan meeting. However, no meeting would be scheduled prior to the little boy's death. January 6, 2020. Scott Castle returned home from an overnight shift shortly after 6am. 
He kissed his wife good morning, who was preparing breakfast for their daughter and Leland James. He went to bed to catch up on some sleep before heading back to work that night. However, he would be awoken by a panicked Laura just two hours later, just after eight. There'd been a terrible accident. Leland James was unconscious and struggling to breathe. Laura called 999. Paramedics rushed Leland James to Furnace General Hospital in Barrow before realising the situation was much more dire. He was then transported to Elder Hay Children's Hospital Paediatric Intensive Care Unit in Liverpool. It was here Leland James was placed on life support while doctors worked to reduce the swelling on his brain in an attempt to save his life. Due to the extent of Leland James's injuries, they questioned Laura's version of events. According to Laura, she had been giving Leland James his breakfast, and when she went into the kitchen to clean up, he had accidentally fallen off the sofa in the living room. However, based on the injuries doctors were seeing, this story did not seem consistent with the toddler's severe and catastrophic head injuries. And unfortunately, at 3.30 that same afternoon, doctors would turn off Leland James's life support and the 13-month-old would pass away. The true cause of Leland James's death was apparent in his autopsy, and only further supported the treating doctor's belief there was something more going on between Laura and her son. There were bruises on the inside of his ear and the back of his throat, a fresh black bruise on the baby's upper right lip that extended into the lining of the same lip, a bruise the medical examiner believed was consistent with forcible insertion of an object like a drinking cup or bottle. And what we do know was that Leland James was a poor feeder, and we know this was a source of contention with Laura. The medical examiner determined the other bruises on his head and face were consistent with, quote, slapping, gripping, pinching, prodding and poking, unquote. But what killed Leland James? His cause of death was due to a severe head injury an injury that could have only occurred from deliberate shaking and an impact on a solid surface, not from rolling off a sofa. An injury similar to that caused in a, quote, high-speed car crash or a high-level multi-storey fall, unquote. And the fact these words have crossed my lips so many times in this podcast, so many babies with these injuries, it's, I want to say horrific and heartbreaking, but those words really don't express what I am feeling or what I want to say. I am speechless that these grown-ass adults are injuring babies like this. Babies in their care. Leland James was basically given to the castles. He was their responsibility to care for. A baby that deserved to be protected and looked after. A baby who needed to feel even more security. He showed his need for this. He craved that closeness. He got upset when he couldn't see his caretakers. And that was because his start to life was less than secure. There was that lack of him being able to understand who his family was, and he would have looked at Laura and Scott Castle for this, especially during COVID lockdowns when he literally didn't have anyone else in his life. Laura and Scott Castle would be arrested and charged soon after with Leland James's death. It was evident to medical examiners this was a homicide. Laura would be charged with murder, and Scott charged with child cruelty. Scott telling police in his formal interview that the toddler was clumsy, fat, stubborn and lazy. Their phones were confiscated for forensic testing, 
and a number of items from the home were taken into evidence. The police and prosecution believing Laura lost her temper and killed Leland James, smashing the back of his head against a piece of furniture, and that Scott knew of the escalating abuse of Leland James at the hands of his wife, and not only stood by and watched it happen, but actively encouraged it. You're getting our heart. The cries of a baby filmed by the woman who wanted to adopt him, but ended up shaking him to death. Leland James Corkill was murdered by the woman who should have done everything to protect him, but a woman who, when she heard a baby crying in hospital, filmed herself reacting like this. And I just stood up like that. I went, right, what happened? Laura Castle initially told police Leland James' death was an accident. An independent review of the case has found she also lied to social services about hitting him. Information she had anger management issues and was drinking six bottles of wine a week wasn't passed on. Had the adoption panel, had we known the full breadth, there's no doubt we would have been able to have considered the vulnerabilities and risks more effectively. And that's the conclusion of the report today. April 2021. The four-week trial commenced at the Preston Crown Court. Laura Castles pled guilty to the lesser charge of manslaughter. She now changed her story on what happened that day. That she'd become frustrated when Leland James would not eat his breakfast cereal and pushed her away when she tried to wipe his face. That he was crying and wouldn't listen. That she was, quote, so tired and overwhelmed there was just too much noise, unquote that she started to shake the toddler until he became unconscious. Realising what she had done, she stood up quickly, accidentally dropping Leland James face first onto the ground, his head hitting the armrest of the sofa on the way to the floor. Prosecutor Michael Brady and his team did not believe this is what happened and believed that Laura was still lying to cover what she had done, saying the case was, quote, a background of frustration born out of a highly stressful domestic circumstance and an inability to bond, unquote. And that's her, quote, frustration turned to hostility, culminating in murder, unquote. The prosecution argued the couple did not like the 13-month-old and saw him as another income stream only, that the couple discussed being unable to cope with Leland James and giving him back to the Cumbria County Council's care, However, Scott said he thought the £170 they would have to pay to do so would be a waste of money, so they decided to keep the baby. Their disinterest and hatred of Leland James was apparent in a number of text message conversations between the couple. In these messages, the couple frequently called the baby an absolutely moaning whingebag, shithead, dick, knobhead. In one particular message, Scott wrote, quote, a good hard slap might stop him from being a knobhead, unquote. And, quote, he's a dick baby. I don't think either of us want to be that person. You aren't fouling, baby. You are doing an amazing job, unquote. Laura sent a message to Scott that she had absolutely leathered Leland James and that she thought one day she might not be able to stop hitting him. And instead of protecting this little boy and calling his wife out for this extremely inappropriate behaviour, Scott actively encourages her to use physical discipline against the baby, calling his wife amazing and blaming Leland James for, quote, making this whole process extremely hard, unquote. 
These text messages were the main pieces of evidence used by the prosecution to show intent, that Laura intended to hurt Leland James even if she didn't want to kill him. And her husband was there by her side throughout this abuse. Quote, He refused to act on the very clear and repeated assertions made by Laura Castle that she was harming Leland James. She even acknowledged at one point she may not stop. Rather than taking steps to prevent any more harm coming to Leland James, he encouraged his wife and even blamed Leland James for the situation. He may have been asleep at the time his wife murdered Leland James, but that doesn't absolve him of the responsibility he had prior to that to protect Leland James, a responsibility he was aware of and ignored. Unquote. Taking the stand as witnesses were numerous neighbours who reported constant shouting, slapping and the child screaming. Neighbour Peyton Murphy testified she heard Laura shouting numerous times, mainly just swearing, quote, you would hear the most horrible things, unquote, and that the regularity of the noise increased in the weeks leading up to Leland James's death. Neighbour Jane Lloyd also testified, quote, the shouting was nearly every day in what sounded like slapping two or three times a week, unquote. Jane's daughter was also present for this and testified the shouting would continue up to 10 minutes at a time. In particular, Jane testified two days before Leland James's death. They heard Laura shouting and screaming and what sounded like toys being thrown. And then the day of Leland James's death, the Lloyds heard a, quote, loud bang, like something was dropped on the floor, unquote. Jurors at the Preston Crown Court took just two and a half hours to convict Laura Castle for the manslaughter of her son, 13-month-old Leland James Corkill. And on May 17, 2021, she was sentenced to a minimum of 18 years in prison. As for Scott Castle, for his role in being compliant in the abuse of Leland James, the jurors believed there was reasonable doubt there that he was involved. He was found not guilty of manslaughter and child cruelty. I have to bite my tongue here because those text messages do allude to something more nefarious. But I do try and accept justice was served and admit there may have been more evidence presented to the court that we are just not privy to. In sentencing, Laura Castle was dressed in all black and she wept loudly during the victim impact statement read by Leland James's birth mother, Laura Corkill. In a letter to the trial judge, Laura Corkill tearfully read, quote, It breaks me. My beautiful blue-eyed boy was placed in the home of a monster. Why did they place him there? Why did it take them so long to pick up on it? They should have cancelled the adoption order. He was a precious baby, vulnerable and innocent. He had no voice. He couldn't protect himself. Unquote. For what happened to Leland James, Laura Castle was sentenced to life in prison. Agencies which should have shared information didn't. There was another child living in the home at the time and the report says that following Leland James's death, that child was able to give a very clear account of what had been going on. The recommendations say that children in that situation need to be listened to. Just one more small change that could have made a difference. Whilst the review was very clear that this death wasn't preventable, um, there certainly was learning uh, that, that came out of this review. And that key learning for me is really around the need to seek out information, um, to, to challenge professionally uh, between agencies, uh, and to just to really try to get uh, behind uh, what is presented by individuals 
and uh, address any concerns. Okay. <clears throat> Laura Castle's lies mean we may never know exactly what happened to Leland James on the day he died, when so many young lives may depend on learning the lessons. Greg Milam, Sky News, Barrow in Finesse. A number of national recommendations were made in the review into Leland James's death, including the need for all health information for adopters and the children in their families to be updated and reconsidered at key points in the case. That revised adoption guidelines should include seeking assurance that medical assessments do not rely on the self-report of the prospective adopters, but instead current medical files from general practitioners and specialists relating to the adopter. Cumbria County Council John Redman highlighted the importance of this, quote, What we know now from the trial in this review is that Laura Castle deliberately and repeatedly misled and lied to social workers about vitally important aspects of her life, including her mental health and physical health, her alcohol use and debts. We also know that relevant information about Laura Castle was not shared between agencies and that more could have been done to clarify some of the information we were provided with. Unquote. Chief Nursing Officer of NHS Lancaster and South Cumbria Care Board, Professor Sarah O'Brien added, quote, Information sharing was not good enough throughout the critical stages of the adoptive process. Steps have already been taken to address this locally, and a recommendation to change national guidelines has also been made. Unquote. As I have said previously, I'm unsure if these reviews with their recommendations actually make a difference. It not only requires the recommendations to be put into action, which isn't always possible due to government funding and staffing issues, which is its own mountain, but then if the recommendations are put into place, it then requires the agencies involved to do the extra legwork, and as we know, that doesn't always happen. Self-reporting as a guide as to whether someone is mentally, emotionally and financially capable of fostering or adopting a high-needs child or any child, it is always fraught with danger and destined to fail. Most of us are not going to highlight our own flaws. But whether these changes will make a difference, so no other child has to die under their watch like Leland James, I guess only time will tell. If you have your own thoughts and theories on the case we discussed today, or any case we talk about on Stolen Lives, please search Stolen Lives on Facebook, like the page so you don't miss an episode, and join the discussion group to talk about your thoughts and theories. You can also talk to us on Twitter, search lives underscore stolen, or on Instagram, Stolen Lives Podcast. If you like what you heard today, we would appreciate it if you share this episode on your social media of choice and subscribe and leave a positive review on your podcast app. Today's episode was researched and written by me, Ali. Hosting and production was also by me, Ali. Music is by Mayu. Mayu.